Thursday's Community Watch and Comment, the on-the-ground edition for December 4th, 2014. I'm Esther Averam. And I'm Michael Byfield. On-the-ground lists of voices of activists and activism here in the nation's capital and around the blue planet. And today, as we speak, protesters remain on the streets of New York City, here in Washington, D.C., and around the country and world because a second grand jury has failed to indict a white police officer for killing an unarmed black man. This time, a grand jury in Staten Island, New York, has failed to indict Daniel Pantaleo for the choking death of Eric Garner in July. Coming up in this hour, we'll hear voices from right here in the DMV that are part of this international wave of protests that began just last week after the decision of a grand jury not to indict Darren Wilson for the shooting death of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. We'll hear what a former poet laureate of the United States has to say, and of course take your comments in the second half of the show. All that and more is coming up, but first our headlines. This morning began three days of celebration of the life of D.C.'s Mayor for Life, Marion Barry. Barry was the first prominent civil rights activist to become chief executive of a major American city. Barry's body will lie in repose for 24 hours at the Wilson Building at 14th Street and Pennsylvania Avenue Northwest. Tomorrow morning, Barry's body will travel to his church, the Temple of Praise, at 700 Southern Avenue in Southeast. The procession will visit all eight wards during the trip. There will be a musical and video tribute celebrating his 40 years of public service, followed by a community memorial service at 6 p.m. The celebration of Barry's life and service to the District of Columbia will culminate on Saturday, December the 6th, with a public memorial service at the Convention Center from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. The fresh wave of demonstrations yesterday and today are after demonstrations in more than 150 cities on public roadways and shopping malls and government buildings and high schools and universities. On Saturday, protesters kicked off a 120-mile, seven-day march dubbed the Journey for Justice from Ferguson to Jefferson City, the capital of Missouri. Black Friday was also a day of action as activists staged protests at shopping centers across the country. In St. Louis, two malls shut down after protesters staged a mass die-in. In Seattle, police arrested five people after protesters marched in two malls. At the Pacific Place Mall, activists chained shut two doors. At the Westlake Centers, a mass die-in was staged. In New York City, seven people were arrested after Black Friday action outside the Macy's flagship store. A day earlier, seven others were arrested for trying to disrupt the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. On Sunday, demonstrators temporarily shut down part of the busy Interstate 395 here in D.C., in Oakland, demonstrators briefly shut down a BART train station by chaining themselves to a train. 
Members of the National Football League St. Louis Rams also took part in an act of protest. Ahead of Sunday's football game, a group of players entered the stadium with their hands up raised overhead in the hands up don't shoot pose in a show of solidarity with Michael Brown. The St. Louis Police Officers Association has complained to the NFL calling for the players to be disciplined, but the players have enjoyed popular support. Organizers of the Ferguson Black Friday protest and organizers of strikes against Walmart the same day are claiming victory in their effort to shut down commerce as retailers report an 11% plummet in sales compared to what was projected to be a 4% gain. Workers with our Walmart here in D.C., who on the ground spoke to earlier this year, staged one of the largest protests in the country for a $15 an hour wage and stable full-time work hours. The satirist of the 1% News Network posted this coverage of Walmart Black Friday protests. We're here on a cold and blustery morning the day after Thanksgiving in Washington, D.C., where we're celebrating Walmart's Black Friday sale. Walmart, where everything's marked down every day, including worker wages. Who has the power? We have power! What kind of power? People Several hundred workers actually walked over to the Walmart behind me here on 8th Street to thank the company in person for shielding workers from the inevitable hassles of a high-income lifestyle. Don't you think that Walmart workers owe a debt of gratitude to Walmart by keeping them out of the upper-income brackets? Because that's when you have to start hiring tax attorneys and choosing a gardener. Uh, Well, Walmart should be thanking its workers, which is making billions of dollars for them. Walmart is the largest employer in our country and the third largest around the world. How can a Walmart worker work full-time and still have to depend on federal uh, assistance to make ends meet? I mean, that's ridiculous. So much needed attention has been paid to the murder of Michael Brown that a suspected lynching of a black teenager in North Carolina has received little notice. In the town of Bladenboro, North Carolina, questions linger around the death of 17-year-old high school football player Lennon Lacey, who was found hanging from the top rail of a swing set in the predominantly white trailer park where he lived. Police ruled that Lacey committed suicide. His family, however, said that his body showed signs of a beating. There were multiple incongruous details, including the fact that his brand new size 12 sneakers had been removed from his feet and replaced with an old pair that were a size and a half too small. The undertaker who handled Lacey's body corroborated Claudia Lacey's report that her son's body showed signs of a fight. Undertaker F.W. Newton Jr. said that while police and the coroner claimed the marks uh, on Lacey's body came from ant bites, to him Lacey's body looked more like the corpses of people he embalmed who had died violently in bar brawls. A march is being planned and organized by the North Carolina chapter of the NAACP for Saturday, December 13th in Bladenboro. In News About the Planet, The annual United Nations Climate Summit opened this week in Lima, Peru. Diplomats from around the world are hoping to reach a draft agreement on a measure that would limit the greenhouse gas emissions that cause global warming. It would then be finalized at talks in Paris, France next year. On the eve of the summit, activists from the group Greenpeace projected a message onto the historic Machu Picchu site calling for the use of renewable energy. Meanwhile, a caravan of 
environmental activists traveling to the climate summit have been stopped by authorities in Ecuador and had their bus seized. Activists with the group Yasunidos departed from Quito on Monday to denounce the extraction of oil from Yasuni National Park, an area of the Amazon renowned for its biological diversity. The group says they were subjected to seven stops in the first 24 hours of their trip and ultimately stranded by the side of a highway when Ecuadorian authorities seized their bus. Residents of Lusby, Maryland and their allies were arrested on Monday when they picketed in front of the construction site for a pier that will be used to bring in equipment to build a refinery and liquefied fracked gas export terminal across the street from the community of Cove Point. They chanted, hey, hey, ho, ho, Dominion has to go and save our community, no gas in Lusby. They held long banners and discs painted with local marine and wildlife. Tracy Eno, who lives in Cove Point and was a arrested for the first time on Monday, said, if there is an emergency, we all will be impacted. Many people see only benefits of jobs and taxes and don't understand the hazards. Air, water, and light pollution, traffic, 24-7 noise, no viable evacuation route for thousands of people. I'm here to say this is dangerous and none of us are safe until we are all safe. On Tuesday, a coalition of environmental groups challenged the Department of Transportation's denial in November of the group's petition for a ban on the most hazardous rail tank cars carrying explosive back-in crude oil. The National Transportation Safety Board in 2012 called for an immediate ban on using these tank cars to ship crude oil because they are prone to puncture spills and fires in train accidents. Well, after residents of Denton, Texas overwhelmingly voted to pass a ban on fracking in their town, they have been opposed by state officials who say they will continue to issue drilling permits for the town anyway. One of those state officials, Christy Craddock, actually owns an interest in one of the drilling companies that she will allow to drill in the town. More than 700 chefs and restaurateurs, including top chef celebrity Tom Calicchio, are calling on Congress to modify legislation to mandate labeling of genetically modified foods and to oppose efforts to block state GMO labeling laws. And finally, one of the world's largest solar projects is being built in San Luis Obispo County, California. The Topaz Solar Farm will produce sufficient electricity to power between 150,000 and 200,000 California homes. It will displace 377,000 tons of CO2 annually, equivalent to taking 73,000 cars off the road. It will provide $192 million in compensation for approximately 400 construction jobs over a three-year period. $52 million in economic output for local suppliers and $14 million in sales taxes during construction and up to $400,000 per year in new property taxes revenue. And those are our headlines. When we come back, the chorus in the streets saying that black lives matter. Stay with us. Black bodies being fed to the system. American dead on prison, love for the murderers, never the victims Dead kids can't beg your forgiveness, we at war What you telling me to be peaceful for? When they break the peace by firing a piece to the peace gets tore I don't give a f about quick trip store Calling all gods
stars, the stars in the pulpit. Miss me with that get along bull. Scared cause your master got a bull whip. I'ma get a hollow point, that's a good tip. We are not for the okie doke. MJ doctor in the overcoat. See, I'ma give him shots to the overdose. Street preaching to the block like the Holy Ghost. Cussing, got my enemy in the center of the beam. Spin him till he lean. What do you expect given what we've seen? I refuse to be next on the television screen. I mean, I say what I mean. I am not co-signed by Jimmy Iveen. I will not go blind from things I've seen. Third eye and it's for high beam. Will these cops go to jail for? Ever gonna John Crawford? As the fallout continues from recent killings of unarmed black men and boys by the police, Project Censored, which is based in California, has just released a new book, Censored 2015, Inspiring We the People. For over a decade and a half, Project Censored researchers at Sonoma State University have been monitoring law enforcement-related deaths in the United States. These are some of their findings. Law enforcement agencies in the United States have been involved in the excess of 600 deaths annually for at least the past 15 years, in addition to the people dying on the street or in their homes through law enforcement-related activities, research shows that several hundred people a year die in local jails. In 2001, according to the Office of Justice Programs, 885 inmates died in the custody of local jails. 39% died within the first week of being jailed. This number, combined with deaths on the outside, allows the estimate that more than 1,500 people die annually in law enforcement-related circumstances, whether in custody or in the course of law enforcement actions in the victims' communities. It is reasonable to assume that some portion of these deaths is attributable to officer mistakes, overreactions, or deliberate acts that result in death. This report by Project Censored provides a fitting backdrop as we now listen to voices from here in the DMV from this wave of protests that began after Darren Wilson was not indicted for killing Michael Brown. show that what they're doing today to the black community is wrong and it needs to be stopped. That we can't continue to have all these tragedies and come together. We need to come together on a daily to get a stop to how we're being treated. Right, right. Um, can you give your name and where you're from? Jazz in Washington, Laurel, Maryland. Okay, we young, we strong, we marching all night long. We young, we strong, we marching all night long. We're taking both sides we of the street. We're at 5th and I, and we're turning around, going north. Fist up, guns down! Press and plow with Michael Brown! Fist up, guns down! Press and plow with Michael Brown! My name is Hassan Shabazz. We're still in the process of trying to get a new Black Panther Party chapter going in D.C. I'm a long-time D.C. resident, a long-time activist, a long-time black nationalist, and pan-Africanist. And the reason that I'm out here tonight is to show my support for the courageous youth in Ferguson, Missouri, who has galvanized a nation, a nation, within a week, tens of thousands of people out on the street nationwide. We, we're inspiring people worldwide, black youth. Black youth are inspiring people worldwide, the Palestinian people, in their liberation cause against Zionism, against Zionism, the Zionist state of Israel oppressing Palestinian liberation rights, should the call out to black people. We owe them big. 
We owe them the right to stand up for their cause against the indiscretions, oppressions, and violence of the Zionist state of Israel supported by U.S. politicians, U.S. officials, the president, the late Yasser Arafat, a hero of liberation movements all throughout the world. We'd be proud that the Palestinian people gave a shout out to historically oppressed black people here in America. And I'll fight against police brutality, police injustice, and the injustice of the criminal justice system in general. So, sister, thank you. This is getting started. Obama can't, Obama can't stand on his statements. He's not going to marginalize black youth after black people showed up in droves for him. So bless y'all. Black power. Black power. This is what democracy looks like. 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 Well, my name is Shanae Bird, and I say boycott the Exodus movie because it is depicting black African kings and queens, and it's all it's an all-white cast. You got Sigourney Weaver sitting on the throne. You got the Sphinx with clearly European white features. It's 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 a total misrepresentation of our history and our culture. It's disgusting. And I don't know if they want their kids to think that that's what the truth is, but I know that I teach my kids every day that we are black kings and queens. From ancient Kemet, to be specific, not Egypt, but Kemet. Boycott this movie. Can you tell me uh, your name and why you're out here today? Oh, tell wow. me about your sign. Um, a sign to be black and conscious in America is to be in a constant state of rage. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes yeah, from James Baldwin. James Baldwin, absolutely. I work with young black males, so I'm out here in support to educate young black males of our war on drugs, the institutionalized elements that keep so many black men in a state of unconsciousness. <laughs> So we hope to raise into a state of consciousness by educating young black men, not speaking from young men from elementary to high school and beyond, so that we can give them a state, uh, a sense of understanding and belonging to what this whole entire system is all about, what our judicial system is about. Um, now, criminal justice system, so that they are aware before going into you know, elements and environments where they need to have exposure and education. So it's all about education. Education is power. Power is knowledge. It's just about educating the masses. I'm glad to see this massive crowd here in Washington, D.C. protesting. I was expecting a small group, but it just brings joy to my heart that we have so many young people out here as well. I mean, that's great. <laughs> I still feel like I'm a young teenager out here. <laughs> Can you tell, tell me your name and where you're from? My name is Marlon Ray. I um, currently live in Washington, D.C., Southeast. Okay. Thank All you. All right. You're welcome.
well to join the numbers of people who are saying we don't like what happened. Yeah. But yeah. not only here, all the events, you know, right. Trayvon Martin, all of them. Yeah. So uh, do you come out to demonstrations usually? When they matter. Okay. When's the last time you came out? It was for uh, climate change. Okay. You were at the People's Climate March or out in front no, of the White No, one House? before that. Okay. Not that one. All right. But um, uh, I think I think it's great. Okay. So uh, what, tell, tell me your name and where you're from. I'm from Washington. Okay. Barbara Coppell. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, my name is Jennifer Lee. I'm originally from New York, but I, I lived here for three years. And Black and Yellow Solidarities, like the Black and Yellow community, have always had a lot of conflicts. But I think we need to know that when things, when it hits the fan and it hits, affects the Black community, white people aren't going to be here for yellow people either. So we got to stand together and fight this both. And then this side is about how white criminals get better press coverage than black victims. It's complete bullshit. Okay. Is that good? I'm going to have to edit it. But I'm sorry. It's, com it's completely ridiculous. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. So, so there, there's going to be a boycott of Walmart. I'm hoping it'll be indefinite, but especially on Black Friday. Right. We're going to be out here at 8 a.m. Um, on Friday to boycott them and their capitalist policies and the way they abuse their workers. And I just want to make sure that people knew that though we're stopping in front of it, it's a political segment. We'll be back here on Friday. Um, you know, we don't want to shop there. In front of Union Station. Yeah, we don't want people to shop there at all. Teresa Crenshaw, I'm from Hyattsville, Maryland. And when you say we, uh, part of D.C. Ferguson? I'm part of D.C. Ferguson, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. and so D.C. Ferguson will be back D out here. D.C. Ferguson will be back out here. I believe Black United Front will be out here. I believe Action Now will be out here. I think there will be a, a, a whole a whole slew of people. So I'm excited to see who comes out. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Turned on to First and Eighth Street Northwest. We're heading west, and the crowd is still very excited. Some of the signs out tonight: Justice for Mike Brown, Stand with the People of Ferguson, Black and Yellow Solidarity, No Justice, No Peace. No racist. No justice. No peace. No racist. Police. Black Lives Matter. No racist. Police. No justice, no peace. No racist, police. No justice, no peace. No racist, police. No justice, no peace. No racist, police. From BYP, from BYP, who's gonna lead us? It is our duty to fight. It is our duty to fight. It is our duty to win. It is our duty to win. We must love each other and protect each other. We must love each other and protect each other. Now, right now, we go into the final spot. Say, right now, we go into the final spot. We're getting ready to move we're down getting, 7th Street. We're getting ready to move down 7th Street to the National Portrait Gallery. To the National Portrait Gallery. We're going to end at the National Portrait Gallery. We're going to end at the National Portrait Gallery. The few words. 
ends at the portrait gallery where hundreds of people gathered onto the steps of the portrait gallery facing 7th Street. A sign on the top says Justice for Mike Brown, Jail Officer Darren Wilson for Murder, Stop Racist Police Terror, The Answer Coalition. You're just tuning in. You're listening to Thursday's Community Watch and Comment. I'm Esther Averam. And I'm Michael Byfield. We were just hearing voices from here in the DMV when this wave of protests began after the non-indictment of Darren Wilson in Ferguson, Missouri. The protests spread through Black Friday and continued this week with the shutting down of 395, that major artery in and through downtown D.C., of course, a fresh wave of protests rolled out yesterday and today after a Staten Island, New York jury refused to indict Daniel Pantaleo in the choking death of Eric Garner. When we come back, our culture and media moment with Rita Dove, former poet laureate of the United States. 
That was Nana Vasconcelos and the Bush Dancers on Thursday's Community Watch and Comment, the On the Ground edition. Well, outrage over the spate of killings of unarmed black men and boys has permeated all sectors of this society. When I attended the recent Furious Flower Poetry Conference at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, I heard Rita Dove, former poet laureate of the United States, offer these remarks. This is Rita Dove. I am shy, deeply so. As a child, poetry was first a refuge and then an Alice in Wonderland rabbit hole that during my science fiction driven adolescence be turned into a wormhole. And on the other side of that wormhole, I was someone else. And she was brash, strong, and sharp as a fox. So it's an honor to stand before you, a poet among poets and lovers of poetry, in defiance of a society that has problems understanding that to value its artists is to cherish its own identity. In an ideal universe, this convention would be pure jamboree. It almost is, but pure jamboree, sprung from the delights of a common ground instead of created against the reality of mistrust, separation, and exclusion. In an ideal universe, these events would be unimaginable that on the night of the 2008 election, two men cruising the streets looking for, in their words, African Americans to assault, would yell Obama at a 17-year-old African American male and then proceed to beat him with a metal pipe and a police baton and still have the nerve to plead not guilty in court. It would be inconceivable that police officers could storm a house without a search warrant, shoot a 92-year-old great-grandmother who was the sole occupant six times, handcuff her as she lay dying, and then plant marijuana at the scene in order to stage a botched drug raid. It would be unthinkable that wearing a hoodie could be justification for killing or a miniskirt justification for sexual assault or that hands lifted in surrender would not stop a quote-unquote officer of the law from riddling a boy with bullets and then cuffing him. In an ideal universe, these names, Emmett, Malcolm, Martin, Bobby, Rodney, Amadou, Tarika, Ayana, Trayvon, Michael, Ezel, would have no connection other than the hope invested in them by the mothers who knew their meanings, strength, disciple, warlike, bright fame, to praise, savior, eternal blossom, brave one, who is like God, noble. Well, this is the shameful world in which we live. The battle, unfortunately, seems never to be done besides simply change uniforms. But humanity will have lost if we ever give up the capacity for wonder, if bitterness overwhelms our ability to taste the sweet bite of an orange, if cat calls crowd out the whispers of a lover, if the memory of the rapist's sour gasps overpowers the powdery scent of a newborn babe. 
If we are unable to open our fists to stroke a cheek, if all we can see is the violence around us, against us, and not the love and the courage in us, among us. That was Rita Dove, former poet laureate of the United States, speaking at the recent Furious Flower Poetry Conference at James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Well, when we come back, it's your turn. You can call 202-588-0893 to raise your voice about the grand jury decisions not to indict on both the killing of Michael Brown and Eric Garner. You might want to talk about the state of our justice system and the movement, the national movement, really, that has emerged. Michael Byfield will be taking your calls and speaking with Christina Jacobs, National Black United Front D.C. Chapter Secretary, who has been active in the D.C. Ferguson protests here locally. 202-588-0893 will be the number to call. We'll be right back. Janet Redmond, and this is your WPFW Social Justice Calendar for the Washington metro area. Mark your calendars for Tuesday, December 9th, and join IPS and Sankofa Books, Video, and Cafe for a thought-provoking talk and book signing with William Cloud on his new book, Deconstructing the News, Don't Believe the Hype, a passionate, precise, and revealing critique of corporate government influence on news media. 6 to 8 p.m. at Sankofa, 2714 Georgia Avenue, Northwest D.C., for more information, call 202-787-5229 or visit ips-dc.org. Also mark your calendars for Thursday, December 11th for the Washington Peace Center's 10th Annual Activist Awards Grassroots Gala, where we celebrate D.C. activists' hard work and success in creating a more just and peaceful world. 6.30 to 11 p.m. at St. Stephen's Church, 1525 Newton Street, Northwest. Get your tickets now and more information by visiting WashingtonPeaceCenter.net or call 202-234-2000. If you'd like your social justice event included in the social justice calendar, visit WPFWFM.org, then select About Us, then Contact Us, where you'll find more information and submission guidelines. The Social Justice Calendar is a public service brought to you by the Institute for Policy Studies in partnership with WPFW, your station for jazz and justice. Thank you. Uh, with me on the line is uh, Christina Jacobs, uh, National Black United Fund uh, DC Chapter Secretary, and Chad. Uh, Chad, what's your last name? Graham. Chad Graham. Um, uh, welcome to uh, On the Ground, uh, Kristen and Chad. Thank you. Thank Thank you. Uh, before we go to callers, uh, why don't you offer your perspective uh, as an organizer and participant in uh, DC Ferguson? What is the main point you want to get across? Um, well, we've been active in the community with D.C. Ferguson, which is a coalition of organizations, um, you know, including American Muslim Alliance, the Answer Coalition, Party for Socialism and Liberation, the Act Radio Station, and, of course, NBA, um, National Black United Front. 
and really we've just been struggling to bring awareness to what's going on. You know, we just found out yesterday about um, the fact that there will not be an indictment um, for the killer of Eric Garner. And, you know, we've been trying to bring awareness and also bring organized action. So, you know, we've been having marches, rallies, um, community trainings, and really trying to get people involved in recognizing that this is a systematic issue, that this is part of the structure of the society that we're living in and that it needs to change and that we're the ones that have to change it. Okay. And um, what is the main thing that you hope to accomplish? Um, well, we have an action plan which can be found um on the National Black United Front website, the D.C. Chapters website, which is nbuffdc.org. And um, really we're trying to get people who come out to not just, you know, not just come out to support a moment, to support a march or support a rally, but to get organized, to join an organization, um, be that NBUF or any organization that's in the community doing this work. Um, we've also been trying to get awareness and get people to sign the petition that we have on, um, on our website as well as on change which is um, a petition to really take a stand against the jump-out squads in Washington, D.C. Um, that had been, you know, brutalizing our communities in the Washington, D.C. area for years and years. Um, so really we've been trying to get that, you know, change on that front. Um, also, we've been, you know, coming from the financial side, you know, we've really made the statement that if we're not going to have any justice as far as, you know, concern of our lives and concern of our communities, then we're not going to have any economic peace in this country. So, um, you know, we've been having boycotts. We boycotted Black Friday. Um, we've been really encouraging people to shop at black businesses. Um, I don't know if you heard the statistics, you know, as far as Black Friday, but sales were down 11%. There were over a 1,000 protests at Walmarts and other um, big chain stores. So we really try to bring awareness to that as well um, and to have, you know, a civilian review board with the power to subpoena and fire police officers who are working for that. Um, as well as to have police officers really living in the communities that they're working in. Uh, great. That uh, that was a uh, good response in terms of um, uh, Black Friday, um, the decrease in sales. Uh, um, do you see a, um, a a good response from the community? We have. Um, we really have. As you know, as the as people become more aware, you know, as people are educating their, you know, their circle of friends, their families, as people are really paying attention to what's been going on um, as far as, you know, people's responses nationally in the streets, internationally. Um, you know, we've seen protests from Brazil, Nigeria, London. Um, you know, people are really starting to pay attention and really understand that this is not a new issue, you know, that it's been going on for generations. You know, black communities have been... Um, targeted, you know, for generations, um, but that it's really being kind of put out in the media and that it's really being talked about and people are, um, not just black people, but, you know, allies, you know, um, are really trying to get involved and um, support this endeavor. Um, you mentioned uh, moment and movement. Uh, when when Michael Brown was first uh, killed, uh, uh, the mainstream media talked about, uh, used that word a lot, uh, is this a moment that uh, will eventually become a movement. What are your opinions on that? Um, well, you know, that's what we're trying to avoid, um, definitely, because, you know, we've seen kind of um, the way that our society works and the way our system has worked. Um, it's been, you know, kind of easy to get used to, okay, you know, something's going to happen, you know, Trayvon Martin is killed, um, Jordan Davis is killed, and we're going to go out in the streets and we're going to march and we're going to, you know, 
express our indignation, express our disgust with it. But then afterwards, you know, after the march is over, after the hashtags have stopped, have stopped being shared or stopped retweeted, you know, what actual, what actual change is going to happen? Was it just a moment? You know, was it just a night in the street for you to express how upset you are, how angry you are? Or are we actually going to, you know, make the necessary steps to change, to make this change? And so that's really what we've been trying to do as far as um, the action plan, as far as really trying to get people involved in organizations is to um, really avoid it just being, an ex- you know, a one-moment expression of upset or expression of rage as opposed to channeling, you know, that, that anger, that unjust, you know, that feeling that you're being done, you're being treated unjustly, transferring that into something, into positive action and positive change in our community. Okay. We're going to go to callers and um, uh, Christina and Chad. Um, um, I, I would certainly like for you to um, feel free to jump in um, and respond uh, after uh, our callers um, uh, call in. And um, the number here um, is uh, 202-588-0893. Uh, caller? Good, good morning. Good morning. Uh, and your name, sir? Tesfa. Tesfa, how are you? All right. How are you, my brother? Excellent. I want to say good morning to my sister, too. Uh, I want to say uh, the sentence that came out of all this uh, sadness is black life should matter. And why does it happen to us the way we see it is? Because we allow the problem to come to our doors instead of fighting the problem from far away. When Congolese women get raped by uh, Rwandan soldiers who are supported by the United States and big American corporations, is uh, when we should have fought. Look, a person who is responsible for the death of of a million people is in power in Rwanda, Paul Kagame. Ethiopian authorities who are responsible for the death of, for the genocide of hundreds of thousands are in power. On the Ethiopian side, we do not allow any Ethiopian official step on the South African land or on the land of Europe or the land of the United States. We have the numbers. But we have, we have already collected enough evidence, but the Congolese do not have numbers. The, uh, the Rwandans have, do not have the numbers. All people of African origin and any fair person who is uh, justice-minded should help the Congolese and the Rwandan uh, people also. Not only people, black people in the United States, the problem is black life anywhere does not matter. We should make it that black life anywhere matter. All of us should campaign. And Americans, to the American people, I want to say, please help us lobby Congress. Lobby Congress to get the Ethiopian authorities against whom we have already collected enough evidence face justice. Thank you, Tefta. Uh, Thank you. I, uh, I, I, I'd like to uh, interject because uh, uh, one of our uh, 
uh, eminent um, historian, uh, Dr. Gerald Horn, uh, talks about how the interna how to internationalize our struggle, and uh, and that happened in the past uh, during uh, the uh, the uh, murder of Emmett Till and other uh, pa um, past uh, civil rights injustices, and I think uh, what we're seeing here is is that taking place with. Um, Michael Brown's parents going to, I think it was Sweden, and um, we have uh, people responding all over the world to this atrocity. So uh, that's a very good point that we need to take heed and uh, pay some special attention to that. Uh, you have any comments on that, uh, Chad or uh, Christina? Yes, uh, yes, we do. Well, it's very much so apparent, especially by the brothers' uh, statements, that this is not just a nationwide issue of not police brutality, but capitalism, imperialism. This is a world system that we are under. This is a sort of world order that governs the lives of people across the globe. So we have to start to see that it's not just Ferguson, it's also South Africa. It's also uh, the Cape Coast, the Gold Coast of Africa. It's also in Haiti. It's also in Cuba. It's also in other places where we see black faces. So we really have to connect with one another and see that we are all one people first, but we are also one people going through the same things. And that's how we'll be able to elevate our struggle. Caller... Caller, yes. you're on the air. Yes. Um, Your name, please? My name is Ingrid. Um, I'm located in the D.C. area. I'm currently from New York and Philadelphia. Um, my comment is I wanted to, more information about the young lady who spoke earlier. Um, when you do give out your information, if you could slow down so people can write it down. But the thing is, my comment is um, the days for everybody to ignore uh, things that are going on vastly in front of us, those days are long gone and passive. We have to be involved, and we have to get involved as a community, whether you're black or white, because even white folks, I can't really go on the, that wagon and saying all white people are bad and mean, because they're not. You do have a few out there. You have a lot of them out there that are very vocal and that are racist, and, and we have to come against. The atrocity. I'm from, I was born in Jamaica. So to be able to be dealing with uh, a, a, a racial issue, um, it affects all of us. It affects everybody. And we have to stand for justice. And we have to stand for the truth. And we have to stand for equality. And that's not even just to say for here and now, but for the future of our children. We don't want this to constantly happen. And to be able, when those men have the nerve to take a life, you have the nerve to take a life when you have never even carried a life or even gave birth to a child. How do you expect a parent to feel when you've taken a life of the child that they brought forth? That's not right. So for me, I want to be able to be involved in no matter what city I live in or where I'm in the world, we all have to stand for right and stand for justice and equality. Because you, America can't be too double standard and say in one hand, you, you know, freedom and liberty for all and justice, but yet, for who? And if it is for just certain people, be clear about that. But the, the, the atrocity has to stop. 
Thank, thank you so much, caller. Uh, uh, Christina, you want to give her some information, a, a website or something? Most definitely. Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say that I definitely um, agree with the sentiment that everyone has to get involved um, in the struggle. Be you know, be you black or uh, or not black or white or you know whatever it is that you are. Um, you know, it's a system, as you said, a system of white supremacy, which means that you know whether or not you're active in the struggle, whether or not you recognize what's going on, um, if you're not white, you're not benefiting in different ways from this system. So I definitely agree that it's a communal struggle that needs to be um, that we all need to participate in. And as far as information of ways you can get involved, um, you know, National Black United Front website, nbusdc.org, um, we post different things that our chapters are doing um, as far as, you know, really combating the struggle, combating all the things that are going on that are unjust. We post that on our website as well as our Facebook page. Um, as far as the D.C. Ferguson movement, um, we are on, we have a website, dcferguson.org. We are also on Facebook, D.C. Ferguson. And Twitter and Instagram. Um, the Instagram is DC Ferguson Movement, and the Twitter is DC Ferguson Moves. And you can find all of the updated information of what we're doing, um, where we are, and different ways you can get involved on those in those mediums. Okay, um, I, I have a question. Um, um, we um, a lot of a lot of times a lot of movements we have. Uh, the anti-war movement uh, and the civil rights movement. There's a lot of protests when something happens. Um, what about um, proposing solutions? Right. So we understand that the protests, the rallies, aren't solutions. They aren't necessarily direct actions. They're just a calling together of our community. Exactly. They're how we get people in one space so we can really start to bring forth solutions. So in the National Black United Front, we've been around since 1980, so we this isn't necessarily a moment for us because this is a culmination, a continuation of the work of our elders and the work we've already been doing. So solutions, practical solutions, one, education, not just sending your kids to school, but educating them with knowledge of self, your, our African history, our African heritage within our community, because we can't expect the same people who took us, stole us from Africa to socialize us, to educate us, and strengthen the bonds within our community. But we're also doing a myriad of other things. Christina, would you like to speak on some other yes, issues? Yes, definitely. Um, definitely. Education, as Ted said, is a huge piece, um, and that's something that National Black United Front has really strived to um, have a hand in and strive to have a role in. Um, we have a Saturday school, the Enjoya UC Saturday School, which is named after two of our founders. <clears throat> and, you know, we've really tried to instill um, into the children of our community, the black children of our community, you know, their history of greatness, um, you know, their their potential for their own greatness. And, um, you know, we've had sessions on financial literacy. We've had sessions on cultural history, um, on STEM subjects, you know, science, technology, engineering, and math. Um, we have great, you know, bigger programs for the greater community as far as education, as far as learning about your own culture and history. Um, we have our Kwanzaa event coming up um, on the 28th of December and on the 29th. Um, you know, it's, it's really... The getting people aware, you know, 
what Malcolm X is, one of the things he says, the greatest, the greatest mistake of the movement has been trying to organize a sleeping people around specific goals. You know, you have to wake the people up first, then you'll get action. And that's really what, um, as Chad said, you know, the rallies and the marches have been about is really making people aware and um, getting people, getting people kind of on board with understanding that the change cannot come outside of us. We can't be, you know, waiting for, waiting for legislation to pass, waiting for, you know, a politician to do his job. It's not that's not the way it works. It has to be us holding the people that we put in office accountable. Us having these community action trainings, these community action plans, and really understanding how we can first change the way that we work in our own neighborhoods and our own houses and in our neighborhoods and then in our communities and then in the broader communities in our nation. Okay. Um, uh, I, I know we've heard um, a lot of um, uh, comments, and um, uh, especially um, with the recent uh, decision in New York about the system being a, a broken system, um, and so, you know, we, the, one of the question is, well, if, uh, you know, if, if this has been happening, I, I remember this happening in 1974. I remember this happening in 1975. I remember this happening in 1980, 85. So who is really putting forward the solutions? Where is it going to come from the grassroots? Because for some reason, the change that is happening is so slow and we see what's happening. This is a nationwide uh, problem, and um, maybe the change really needs to come from the grassroots. Yes, we definitely believe that it has to come from the grassroots, from the people, because no one group or one person should be able to dominate the lives of people globally. Okay. Okay, listen, uh, uh, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank um, um, uh, Christina Jacobs, uh, uh, NBUF uh, DC Chapter Secretary, and Chad uh, Grant Grant. Um, of uh, uh, NBUF. Thank you so much. We're going to cut to and go to the news with Askia Mohammed, and following that, we're going to have Krista Property with Don't Forget the Blues. Thanks so much, and um, peace.